Wait. I'm getting mixed messages here. No, it never existed. I was just, I was, you know, I edited some okay. stuff and titled it and whatnot. No, no, it never existed. Okay. I'm a technical pain in the butt, but... But, but. Okay. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Yeah, so just prepare to. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and be the whole goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is January 12th, 2020, and this is episode 421. This week we're going to discuss a 2-1 and week for the Pacers, including games against Charlotte, Miami, and Chicago. Joining me this week are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, shout out to Global Warming. It was about 70 and sunny here today in uh, the district. I don't think that's good, shout but out. I enjoyed the day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a nice day. Um, from Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Shout out to John Harper, the Enforcer. Uh, it is birthday tomorrow. Also, uh, actually, when you're listening to this, it'll be his birthday. So, um, shout out. He's probably out there having a good time, enjoying his... I don't want to give away his birthday, but... <laughs> his age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which birthday it is. It's slightly more than our anniversary. <laughs> We make it sound oh, like oh. he's been he's been podcasting uh, as long as he's been alive. Yeah, right? I, I, I'm sure he feels like that. Okay, <laughs> he's like, Happy when will birthday, this stop? Buddy. That's probably what he's like. <laughs> Shout out! Shout out! I hope you're uh, enforcing with some uh, friends or family. Before we get into the show, I just want to remind you, you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you just click the link in the show notes or go to theunbeatables.com slash Amazon and uh, do any shopping there, it kicks a small percentage back to us and it helps support what we do. So, uh, pretty good week of Pacers basketball. Three games uh, we had this week. Um First one, Monday, January 6th at Charlotte. I uh, win this one, 115-104. to 104. Pretty pretty solid win by the boys. Uh, Demonis Sabonis, fantastic game, 18-12-7. And TJ Warren off the chain, 36 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Mm-hmm. Nice to get a win in Charlotte. Been having some trouble doing that one. Uh, second game, Wednesday, January 8th at home versus Miami. And this was not a good one. 
Uh, Miami was in control of the game uh, pretty much the whole time. Sabonis, again, had a great game, 27-14, six assists. Uh, Miami just had seven people with uh, more than 14 points, so spread it out very nicely. Uh, I think of notes, T.J. Warren was ejected after a uh, altercation with uh, a public enemy number one or pacer enemy number one, uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, and actually, I just want to give a little quote uh, after the game. Butler said on T.J. Warren, quote, I think it's tough for him because I can guard him and he can't guard me. Uh, mm. So them's fighting words. Uh, and third game of the week. Pacers rounded out with a nice win at Chicago, um, 116 to 105. Uh, Sabonis is out, but guess what? Uh, Miles Turner picking up the pace here 27 points, 14 rebounds, and two blocks. And TJ Warren uh, back with 17 points on this one. So, pretty good week of basketball, you know, except for the uh, blowout loss to Miami. Um, but yeah, JT, uh, what are your thoughts on this week? Well, yeah, this was sort of um, the Pacers season encapsulated this week. We took care of business against really crappy teams and underperformed against the good teams and uh, like super un- underperformed against Miami. I thought very disappointed in that effort. But let's let's start with the positives. I thought that the Chicago win was quite impressive and really um, uh, displayed the Pacers' depth. You know, without uh, uh, Sabonis, as you mentioned, uh, it had been rumored that Brogdon was going to come back, but he sat that game out as well. Uh, McMillan decided to shuffle the starting lineup, obviously, uh, taking Aaron Holiday, interestingly, out of the starting lineup and starting uh, T.J. McConnell, uh, which I never quite got an explanation on why that was, but it seemed to work. Uh, and the Pacers did a good job uh, weathering storms from the Bulls in the second half. They would uh, get out to 15-point leads, and then the Bulls would go on like a, a 10-0 run or something like that. But then the Pacers never panicked. They made a clutch shot, sort of extend, slowly extended the lead back out to you know 10 or 15, and then the Bulls would rally. And then, But they did just enough. I thought they played pretty good defense. Um most of the the scoring from the Bulls came from Zach Levine. He was uh, on he, fire. Was yeah, who, who did Zach Levine things? Scored forty plus forty three yeah. maybe or something like Ugh. that. Uh, hit a bunch of threes, lots of them from way far out that you're not going to defend. So um, overall, thought thought a very solid win. Uh, Colson, what did you see this week? Yeah, no, I, I particularly that game. I thought it was a professional win. I mean, they just you know it's a young team, and and you've got a guy like Zach Levine just blowing up, um, scoring enough points to um, win a game, and we just kept chipping away. You know, you're right. We didn't panic when they made these runs. Um, offensively, I thought we looked really good. It's hard to look good defensively when a guy goes off for forty plus. Um, but we also, uh, I thought, held Laurel, uh, Lauren Mark, Laurel Markington. Oh my God, what's his name? Markington, Lowry Markington, Lowry Markington to uh, a very reasonable game. And um, no, I, I enjoyed this game. I, I thought, um, uh, you know, Miles Turner played incredible 
uh, game, both offensively uh, and defensively. He was very active. Um, they interviewed him after the game, and he said it's just like the good old days. Um, mm. And I think uh, he said at halftime um, that um, the Pacers run so much action through the center position um, that you're just you just get more touches, and um, you know he's not been getting those, and it's nice to get that occasionally. Um, you know he really has sacrificed himself um, for the team. Um, he is a He's now the fifth option. Uh, he was interviewed, I believe, uh, in the Star on on Monday uh, or Tuesday, and said that um, you know he can average twenty points uh, a game if that's what you guys want, but that's not what the team's asking me for. Um, he's turned off social media on purpose because of the haters, um, but uh, he has to be back now for some um, uh, obligations. Um, that are, I think, financial. <laughs> hmm. um, and so he's trying to stay um, above it all. But he sounds like a guy who's frustrated, and this was a nice opportunity for him to be in his comfort zone because we've got to remember that for the last four years, this is a position he played. So um, I thought he played extremely well and just reminded me um, to appreciate what he's doing, what he sacrificed by being in that uh, four spot for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, obviously we had a long conversation last week about sort of the potential that this guy has and the talent that he has, and um, he definitely showed it in that game. And it makes one wonder, um, you know, we definitely do run a lot of things through Sabonis, but given uh, Turner's ability to do these things, perhaps we should be asking him to do this a little bit more. Like, why... why not run things through him. I agree with you, but it reminds me of, uh, you know, what uh, we always expected out of Thad Young, which is to give us 12 and 8 without having a play drawn up for you, you know? Sure. And I feel like we're sort of running a similar offense. And Miles Turner is a very gifted uh, shooter. Um, He's not a bad passer. He's an elite shot blocker, and he's getting better in the post. Uh, He showed in this game that he can do a lot of the things that Sabonis does, you know, maybe the passing isn't as elite. Maybe the, um, uh, screens aren't as hard, but he also has more range, um, and a better touch. I mean, I, I, Mm -hmm. I, you know, they have such complimentary skills, you know, and I know this is a guard league now, but trying to figure out how to utilize those two guys, the way that the old, uh, Lakers used to use Bynum and Gasol, or the old Spurs used to use Robinson and Duncan. There's a real chance here to do something, and maybe it's too old school, and maybe the league will just figure out how to um, run it off the floor. But these guys are both elite, and it's and they're both 23, and it's I think it's important to remember that you know as we hear clamor from the fan base about what are we going to do at the trade deadline, I think I would urge patience <laughs> because these guys are both really talented young kids and we can stagger their minutes. So we're, we always have somebody at center, but they're going to play on the floor together and we can figure out how to do something special. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, to me, I think it, it highlights uh, some of the deficiencies in the creativity uh, of the coaching staff when it comes to offensive Excellent point. Excellent end point. of the floor. Um, <laughs> you know, certainly Sabonis is fantastic and should be an all-star this year and makes sense to get the ball into his hands a ton. But, you know, 
big guys, you hear this all the time, you know, like big guys, if you want them to be engaged on both ends of the floor, you got to throw them a bone. Got to get them the ball. Every now and then. That's right. And it can't just be like, uh, you know, for some guys, for the Jakar Sampsons of the world, they can come in there and just hustle and, and, you know, you don't have to drop a play for them and they'll get eight points because they work their butt off and get offensive rebounds. But Turner's not necessarily that kind of guy. Nor should he be, because right. he's got this skill set. An elite skill set. To do things that are more uh, nuanced and advanced, if you will. And he wants a chance to, to do that. And I think if you invest a little bit of touches and shots in that, you'll reap reward, rewards not only on the offensive end, but also on the defensive end. He'll just be a more engaged player. And, and I think we've seen this in games when he has... A, a successful time on the offensive end of the floor, he it's often the case that he's also very involved and makes key plays on the defensive end. Um, and to his credit, he's never he never goes completely away no. in a game. No. He's always there and contributing, and and right. you know he doesn't pout. He doesn't do it. You know he's he's a good teammate. He's a good teammate. Yep. He's a good he player. Yep. Um, and he's being underutilized. I think right. is the. And because he's being underutilized, he's being beat up by fans in the media, and mm-hmm. and I think that's a really frustrating place for him to be. So it's right, nice exactly. to have because him. he's saying I'm I'm doing what they're asking me to right, exactly, do. and I'm doing what and the I'm team needs. Killed for it, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it was nice to see him be like, "Hey, look, if you give me 36 minutes and the ball a bunch, I can I can put up 14 rebounds too." You know, like um, it was a nice yeah. moment for him. Um, and, 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 and made me appreciate again, um, you know, what he brings to the team. Um, also you mentioned Jakar Sampson shout out. This kid has been ready every game we've asked him to play. He's active. He finds the spaces. You know, I think we, uh, critiqued, uh, Miles Turner recently, or, you know, in a, in a previous podcast for not doing what Jakar Sampson does in that power four spot, which is find the open spot. Um, and maybe that's one thing that, that Miles Turner could do that he hasn't done at this point because Jakar just makes himself available and he just gets dunks and he just gets off offensive rebounds and he just gets hustle plays and he brings so much energy. And this is the, I mean, this is a, a 12th to 15th man and mm-hmm. we put him in the starting lineup and he helps win that game. I mean, Chicago had made a run, you know, in the third quarter and Jakar Sampson hits, you know, I think three dunks. Um, and gets an offensive board and a hustle play, and it just changes the game. Um, mm-hmm. So shout-out to Jakar Sampson, always being ready. Um, and uh, Edmund Sumner, who I think had a really nice week, who hasn't had uh, a lot of minutes because of injuries, but I thought he played really well this week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've got, a, I've got a quick question to both of you guys about Miles Turner. Um, you know, he's we're saying he's getting killed from, you know, kind of kind of getting killed for, uh, he's got the haters he's dealing with. Haters. Um, uh, truth is, they're gonna hate. But um, <laughs> is that what the haters do, Jimmy? That's mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but uh, do you think the team has, you know, the teams? He's saying he's doing what the teams asking him to do. Do you think the team is happy with him, or, or you know, is all the negativity just coming from the, you know, from the press and from the fans? That's a really good question. I, I mean, I haven't gotten any sense from uh, the coaching staff or the front office that he's not doing uh, things that they're unhappy with him. Indeed, uh, Colson, you were saying 
uh, before we started that there was an article in the star and, and sort of highlighting that they are turning down trade requests right. uh, that include Miles Turner, which indicates that they're really interested in keeping this guy around and keeping this young duo of, of big guys and, and letting them grow together. I agree with that. I, I hope that's the case because I, um, you know, my impression is maybe not that the organization is upset, but he seems more wound up than the average person who's, um, you know, maybe had his minutes changed or uh, getting a little bit uh, beaten up on uh, by social media. And I have no idea what it's like to get um, beat up on social media because no one listens to this show. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, no, I, I, my concern is, uh, you know, a lot of his quotes and maybe it was the way that the article was written, um, from last week sounded like a, a, a young man who was pretty upset and it sounded a little immature and it sounded like it might be affecting his gameplay. Um, and he alluded to that, that he had to kind of shut out the, the haters to kind of get focused on himself. Um, I think this is a guy that needs maybe some more guidance he's 23 and i don't i don't feel uh, i don't feel like that's his fault um if if people were yelling at me on twitter all the time i'd probably be upset so um maybe we need more oladipo in his life you know maybe we need um Mm -hmm. you know maybe we need him back to somebody needs to pat him on the butt a little bit more because he has sacrificed the most of anybody um of the people that remained from last year which is not that many people so um sure. credit to him and 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 um i think it's worth keeping an eye on because i don't want him to be uh, get lost in this shuffle um you know soldiers need uh, people to believe that they can do something special um or they're gonna not want to go to war you know so mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, speaking of not going to war, let's talk about this Miami game. Uh, <laughs> we've avoided well, Do we it have enough. to? Yeah, no, I really don't want uh, to. Yeah, so obviously this was the big matchup of the week. Um, Miami, you know, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, quite surprisingly this year. But we saw, I think in this game, full display of why they are. Um, they just outwork their competition. I thought that this game was um, kind of a poor showing by the Pacers effort-wise. Um, but maybe it's that Miami just works that hard every night. But I thought that they beat us to every loose ball. Um, they won the rebounding battle 41-37, to which I think is a smaller margin than it actually was because the game was out of hand. And oh, yeah, the Pacers sure. kind of made a comeback. For sure. Um, they moved the ball quite well um, on the offensive line. They shot 53% from the floor, 42% from the range, got to the free throw line 25 times. Um, just, I thought, beat the Pacers in every aspect of the game. And, you know, it really showed uh, in that series of events, which which got T.J. Warren ejected from the, league, or from the game and the um, uh, has Jimmy Butler all fired up and circling the next game on his calendar or whatever, right? Um, so let's start with that that Warren thing, I guess. Did, did you think it was a... What did you think of it, guys? Did Was it a Warren being a total asshole and, and Jimmy Butler responded appropriately or was it overreaction? Oh, no, or? no, no. They, they both... They both uh, 
deserve to be tossed out for this. Um, I um, apparently there had been um, chippiness and talking before. Um, the actual incident uh, when Warren definitely does foul Butler um, and then they kind of get in each other's faces and they both get a tech um, and then Warren does the right thing um, you know he knows that uh, the whistle is going to be uh, quick on either one of them and so he puts his you know he stands up puts his chest right where Butler's going to um, you know throw it and gets the offensive foul that's the right thing that's the savvy veteran move take advantage of refs that are on edge um, but then he kind of goes you know and he claps which is taunting so he gets tossed um, right. Butler then responds by taunting um, blowing kisses and stuff but doesn't get tossed um, mm-hmm. so you know and then gets interviewed um, after the game and says things like this dude's soft I'm way better than this dude um, he sucks um, you know and uh, got fined slightly more <laughs> Than, uh, than Warren did. I think Warren got fined twenty five thousand dollars, and um, Butler thirty five. I think was the final numbers. But uh, you know, Butler really took it to him afterwards. Um, you know, Warren was doing that thing like, let's take it outside. But you know, that's what you do when you got eighteen thousand people got got your back, right? Mm. So <laughs> that's that's what I do for sure. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I don't know. I, I felt like they were both uh, caught up in the moment. Uh, you know, these things might not have been text ten years ago. It's, it's, it's a you know, it's a league that that you know wants to make sure there's not going to be um, brawls and fights, and I think that's fair. Um, they handle it the way they should. I just thought that Butler should have been thrown out um, on the second um, tee as well as as Warren. Just get them both out of there. That was my only opinion. I thought they were both, you know, just being competitors. Hmm. Yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. Like that, the foul that that uh, occurred wasn't that bad, you know. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, if you go and you're clapping in someone's face, like that's the T, and he already had one, so sure, that's what's gonna. But happen. But once so. Butler starts blowing kisses and stuff, like don't you yeah. tee him up too? Uh, yeah, no, but I don't, I don't, I didn't get the sense that the referees saw that. Okay, so sure, fair enough. Yeah, I think that's because cool. they were already filling out the paperwork for a right, right. Exactly. GJ Warren's right and tick. Warren was like flipping people off and you know yeah. screaming I'll take you know we'll meet outside and that sort of stuff so yeah they were distracted by Warren but I you know I thought Butler uh, was uh, an asshole here um, and I'm, I'm you know I've this guy has broken our hearts so many times um, mm-hmm. in Chicago with hitting big game winners over Paul George. I mean I thought he was you know Paul George's uh, great rival um, you know, for a, a couple years there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've never really liked the guy. I appreciate him as a competitor, but uh, this reminds me why I don't like him. Um, screw this guy. Um, I don't think the league <laughs> did anything wrong by, you know, kicking Warren out, but uh, I don't like Butler any more than I did yesterday. I like him in less, in fact, you know? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's yeah, uh, enemy number one in the field house right now. I think, yeah, he right? is. Yeah. Um, God, I mean, yeah. He, I mean, ugh. he's he, what's yeah. what's what's frustrating about Butler is that he's t- talks a lot of game and acts like a real tough guy. And I, I mean, I don't know. It's like you're a fine player. Like you're a fine yeah. player. <laughs> like, yeah. He's 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 a borderline all star every year, right? 
Yeah. But he talks yeah. like he's the best crazy thing. Person. Yeah, since sliced Exactly. Bread. Yeah. But yeah, and I mean, yeah. The, I, I thought that the 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 foul I thought was borderline dirty. I mean, he's sort of worn uh you know, Butler gets by him pretty easily. Warren gets frustrated, slaps him on one arm, and then sort of keeps a hold of that arm as he tries to slap the ball away with the other arm. And that's just not something that NBA players like having sure, done to it them. Sure, it wasn't a basketball so, play at no, that point. No, not at all. Right. Um, and, you know, but obviously Butler's reaction was was too much. Um, sure. They'd been jawing earlier, in fact, all game, as, you know, as, as far as the reports go. So Yeah, exactly. But if, if you're Jimmy Butler, like... I understand you want to sort of stand up for your manhood, but isn't isn't the thing to do in the NBA or in any competitive sport when you're beating the crap out of the other team is just be like, look at the scoreboard, dude. Right. Like, really, you right, got yeah. to you got to and they, and this they were like, beating. I mean, I mean, they they dominated. Yeah, they were, that they first dominated. I mean, we had yeah. you know, you talk about how the stats are actually pretty close, but like, I mean, I, I think. Um, they're, they were shooting 50% from three, and we were shooting like 20% in the first half. Like, but it was just no, we didn't. It, it, life was not hard for them. They scored no. over 30 in the first three quarters. And then we were down by 20 boards at one fourth. point, I think. You know, the only yeah. way we scrapped back into this is, is by playing harder in the fourth and, and having, you know, our second unit was, our third unit was better than their third unit, you know, essentially. Um, but yeah, the, these, we were getting just demolished on our home floor. Um, which is very different from the time before when we played them at their house and only lost by one, right? Um, so we thought this was a team we could play against, and they came in and just said, "No, you guys, you guys suck." And I think we were really frustrated. Yeah, and, and I guess my question is, why do we have a theory as to why the Pacers came out so flat in that game? I mean, and really, you know, they came out flat. Miami punched them in the mouth, and they just didn't didn't even respond. Basically, right. um, uh, very frustrating game to watch. Well, I've, I've been I've been worried, JT. Like, I mean, you know, you look before this Charlotte game, we were one and six. Like, we weren't. You know, mm-hmm. the thing is, is we came. We had a pretty good record um, for a team without its best player. Um, and with its second best player in and out of the lineup all the time, like we've been, I think over um, exceeding expectations. And this this last six games before the Charlotte game, we were really not playing very good basketball. Um, and um, losing, you know, the one game we won was a blowout against um, the Sixers, and so that felt good. But we lost to New Orleans and to Atlanta and you know to uh, Denver and all this stuff, and it's like. You know, it's been a tough stretch. I'm not sure how good a basketball we're playing right now. You know, mm. um, I know Miami was in that loss, but I wonder if if our confidence is, confidence isn't as where it needs to be um, as we um, you know move forward. I I'm really anxious to get uh, Oladipo back and see if he can change the energy because I, I I'm I'm really pleased with where we are record wise um, with how many uh, injuries we've dealt with. Um, we're solidly in the sixth seed, but we're, you know, only five games out of the two seed, but we're also like five games out of the seventh seed. So like, you feel like, you know, we're in a good place. We're in a safe place. Um, but I'm not real sure about our consistency of play. I feel like we've been bringing inconsistent defense. I feel like we've been bringing bad rebounding, um, 
And mm. we have a ton of great offensive players, and we've got a ton of guys that are playing hard. Um, but, you know, it sort of feels like we don't have a rhythm, partly because we have guys in and out. But, like, you know, I feel like the defense is usually what consistently makes us competitive. And, and I'm not sure we've been bringing that consistently as of late. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, like I said, it hadn't really dawned on me at some level <laughs> that we We're had four lost. four of six in our last ten. Yeah, exactly, that yeah. that the stretch has been that bad because we sprinkle in a nice win every now and then. Right. Right, so we beat Toronto in overtime. You know that Miami game in Miami was a good performance. Um, the de- uh, Philly the, game's a good win. The, the Denver, Denver game, game we, was a good. We competed with Denver, right? right? I mean, we. Right. So I, I'm I'm not panicking necessarily. I think what I'm not this panicking is either. Is I think we're in a great we're, space. <laughs> we're missing, you know, our t- two best players, right? At some level, right? For sure. Uh, in Brockton, we're missing our entire backcourt. Yeah, <laughs> so we should be um, very proud of these guys and this uh, coaching staff and this organization for bringing in guys like Jakar Sampson and TJ McConnell. Like I, I'm just really pleased where this team is, but I am concerned that we're not playing very good basketball right now. If that makes sense. Well, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's especially concerning, you know, in the month of January, which is super tough or has been super tough already, and is going to continue to be tough you know so we have this week uh monday hosting the 76ers who are going to want to give us some uh sweet sweet justice and then uh a home and home uh with uh minnesota wednesday and friday so in minnesota wednesday at home friday and then we go on that arduous five game road trip in what is that seven day eight days or something like that yeah five games in eight days yeah um, which includes maybe the toughest back-to-back in the league um, at altitude in Denver and Utah Oof. in two straight games. Um, you know, luckily Golden State is not Golden State this year, so that makes this road trip a bit more manageable. But yeah, um, if we don't get our act together soon, that could be a very rough stretch of the back. Well, and, and I really, I don't know if I like going to Minnesota, then coming home, and then going on the road trip. It's almost like, let us play Minnesota here, and then just go out on a, like, well, I don't six know, six-game road trip. Six road yeah. trip. And so, it's, someday it's too too weird. Um, too much flying. I um, Philly's not been playing great as of late, and we have a chance to beat them, and the same is true with Minnesota. But, um I'm not sure I can predict a sweep here before we go on this really tough road no. trip. I'm, I'm going to go with the, a, the way we're playing ball now, and there's no way. I'm going to go with a two-in-one week um, going into the five-game uh, Western road swing. Well, see, that. so that's the thing. If you keep putting together two-in-one weeks, that's... Hey, we're nine games above 500 right season. now. <laughs> yeah, we're playing really well. Like, I mean, we're just not playing as well as I, I, we, we were... A couple weeks ago, maybe. Um, That's right. We haven't had a uh, signature win outside of that Philly win. I mean, you know, I guess the Toronto win, but it was an overtime. That's a fifth, that's a coin flip, right? So um, we haven't blown anybody out. We haven't been getting blown out necessarily um, by the good teams until you talk about the Miami game. And, of course, we got blown out by New Orleans. Like, it's just been a rough 
inconsistent couple weeks for us, and um, I want to get uh, playing better, more in control basketball going forward. Yeah. Well, it is the uh, what do they call this time of year? Not the doldrums, but the uh, dog days. Of the, dog days. Uh, this is NBA when NBA season right now. Yeah, this is when um, uh, basically teams start getting some chemistry. Uh, but they also, it seems like it feels like a long way to the playoffs <laughs> or even to yep. the all-star break. That's right, um, yeah. So so basically your bad teams are playing better and your good teams are tired. And so it becomes a more chaotic. Um, this is not a good time to bet on basketball if you're a betting person. No. <laughs> All right. I think that about wraps it up for this show. I think... We- yeah, I think you're right. Two in one weeks, I'll take that every week. Yeah, let's just do that. that for the rest of the season, and we'll just yeah. you know win fifty games. Right. Deal. So, so no worries. I'm sorry that I was so scared. It'll be fine. <laughs> don't don't apologize for your uh, fearfulness. It's okay. Well, we're getting Old Depot back soon. We get to talk about that in the next show, um, and things are going to change dramatically. Yep. Or yep, yep, will yep. they? We'll- Check it out on the next show. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they will. <laughs> Sorry. Dang Sorry. it. Uh, yeah, so actually, yeah, we'll be back with you on Thursday with uh, definitely, at a minimum, uh, some in-depth discussion about the uh, Oladipo's impending return. Um, but until then, you can hit us up on social media. We are on Twitter at Undebeatables. Um or Facebook.com slash The Unbeatables. You can also message us there if you uh, are into that kind of thing. Uh, we're on The Unbeatables.com. Uh, all of our shows are posted there, and um, including all the old old stuff. So if you want to dig into the archives, that's where you go. There's a contact form there also. You can uh, send us an email at shoutout at The Unbeatables.com. And if you can review us and rate us wherever you listen... Uh, or send an episode to a friend uh, from wherever you're listening. It helps uh, new people find us. So um, please do that if you can. Uh, also on our website, we got t-shirts for sale. Smedium only. For our ones and always coach, Bobby Sicklinard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights. The party's on. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting old, but uh, music has changed. Music has changed. That's that what the kids like listen a, to these days. You got some uh, theremin going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do. Definitely do. What's uh, what genre would that fall under? Mm. Um. I don't know what's the like genre with Star theremin. Tre- Star Trek theme. <laughs> genre. It did sound like some Star Trek. <laughs> Going to the final frontier of Pacers basketball. Oh yeah, Joey, was your humming fair use? Or are we gonna have to like pay for that? No, no, no. They, uh, I'll see you in court. <laughs> I don't think John Williams cares about that. I don't no, think it's not John Williams. He only it's wrote. Not? No, he only wrote no. Star Wars and Indiana Jones and. Oh, you know, he only did Jurassic all the Park other theme songs yeah, yeah, yeah. in the world. Yeah, okay, yeah. So. it's actually easier to list the movies that he hasn't scored. <laughs>
I think it was uh, 108, and he's been uh, like nominated for 85 or something like that. Something stupid. The Star Trek uh, theme song was written by, composed by Alexander Courage. Wait a minute. Are we going down a rabbit hole? Might be. This might be the Unagoogables. Might have already all, done the Unagoogables. Um, I'm already in. I'm all in. You need mm. a pint of courage to get that thing finished. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm going to stop my recording. Smart <laughs> um, <there's, laughs> uh, When the puns come out. Courage, courage, pudding and pie. Wait, no, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, we'll take a break and then uh, you come back with some some, some better puns. some better puns than the ones I'm yeah. coming up with. All right, fair yeah. enough. 